Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets The Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. Well, hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Balance and Brews. We've got a great show ahead tonight. As always, we have our special guest uh, tonight is actually the youngest member of the Topeka City Council, Councilwoman Hannah Nager, who represents District 6 on Topeka City Council, which includes all of you Ichabods at Washburn University. Uh, we're excited to visit with her, as well as our beer flight of the night, where we'll recap all the latest in state and local government. Uh, but we start, as we always do, with beer. And tonight, we are so excited uh, to be joined by Stephanie North with the Greater Topeka Partnership to talk about one of our favorite Top City events of the summer, which is the Tap That Topeka Beer Festival. Stephanie, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so just as we get started, how excited are you for events to be happening again, for more, more folks to be able to get out and experience Tap That this year? Very excited. Um, We've worked really hard to rebuild our events over the last year and kind of taking considerations of everything that we've learned and to be aware of. But I think everyone else is just excited as I am because all of our events are trending up and I think tap that it's going to be in the same way. Absolutely. I feel like it's been like a reunion going out to things and seeing people I haven't seen in forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, so as a refresher for those who, who might not know, can you give them a kind of lowdown on, on tap that, you know, what is it? When is it? That sort of thing. Absolutely. So this is our eighth year of having oh tap that. It has always been within the uh, chamber and visit world. But of course, we are now the Greater Topeka Partnership, as we have been for a couple of years. And so we're really excited to bring this back. It is on June 11th. That's a Saturday. It'll be held downtown right in front of the Capitol. So it makes for a great view. And it check in starts at 2.30. The event ends at 7. So just in time for you to continue to go out downtown and enjoy the restaurants and really keep the party going if you'd like. Absolutely. That's yeah, I think that's a great thing I love is that yeah, it does end early enough for you to to be able to stay downtown and to be able to kind of keep the party going later into the day. Yeah, our restaurants love that. We love to see everybody go out and fill Iron Rail and Celtic Fox and Brewbank and you know, everywhere else that's gonna be open that late. Absolutely. Well, I can't believe that it's already the eighth year, which is just wow. I still remember that very first one. And and have you seen <laughs> uh have you seen more vendors uh, uh this year sign up for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, last year we were still kind of on the tail end of COVID effects. So people were a little wary or just not ready. But I think this year people are. So we've had several breweries sign up and they'll just keep coming in as we get closer to the event. Oh, that's awesome. Now we should talk about uh, tickets. Of course, there's a variety of uh, ticket options available. You want to let folks know um, know, how much are are, kind of the regular tickets. And then there are these VIP tickets, if you want to talk about what that includes. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have several different ticketing options for those that are interested. Um, So for the VIP experience, which I think everybody should go to if they are able to, that is a $75 ticket this year that gets you in at the gate at 2.30. And that'll, so you have a half an hour to get in and enjoy the food trucks and the games and the vendors. And then at three o'clock, your gates will open to the beer gardens. So that way you are in the beer gardens an hour earlier than everyone else. And you have VIP only beer samples 
samples, that those will get pulled at four o'clock. So you are the only ones who should get to be able to enjoy those. Um, and then that way, when the general comes in, you've already kind of gotten the lay of the land, you know where you've been, you know where you want to go. So VIP is definitely the way, way to go. Um, you also get a VIP food tent that has, you know, food access to food and non-alcoholic beverages and shade. So in June, it could be sunny. So that's a nice reprieve or it could be rainy. And that's <laughs> VIP, we have a limit of 300 tickets available. So you want to get those and they always sell out. They absolutely will. I have no doubt. So get those early. We do have some available as of now. And then we have our VIP designated driver because they are awesome. They also get access to that uh, special shade tent with food and drink. And then we have our general admission, which is still a great experience. You enter in at three o'clock and then you get to the beer gardens at four. And then so you have three hours to enjoy all the beers. So that's still plenty of time. But if you really want to take your time with it, get that VIP ticket before it sells out. And then we have that designated driver for general as well. So they just won't have access to the food tent, but there will be drinks, you know, non-alcoholic beverages available to them. And they get to keep their friends safe on that ride home and enjoy the event, even if they're not drinkers. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that I was actually just talking with a friend of mine the other day about that. To have that Disney driver option is, is, is really cool to be able to allow those folks to enjoy it also. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually not that big of a drinker, so I always like to go out anyway, though, and just spend time with my friends. So that just gives a great opportunity. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, too. We always hear breweries talk about, you know, there's more and more non-alcoholic beer uh, that's out there, too, for people to enjoy. So I think that's interesting. I'll be interested to see if there's any of that out there this year, too. Oh, I'm sure they have. They've gotten really creative with options now. Uh, last year, we had a great number of non-alcoholic beverages that were more than just water and Gatorade and soda. So I'm excited to see what they pull out this year. Um, but of course, we then have hundreds of options in the tents for those who do want to try beers and seltzers and things like that. Absolutely. And, you know, we should remind folks, too, these are beers, of course, not just from all over Kansas, but really all across the country that come for this. Yeah, the ones that are representing themselves are all within the state lines, um, but our distribution companies, Standard, Strathman and Crown, they can represent, you know, nationwide companies and bring those beers in. So we're really excited because they're all very committed and, you know, those are great sponsors for us. Absolutely. So, you know, any new features uh, for this year that you're particularly excited about? Um, as always, we're going to have that DJ in the center. So we're really excited nice. about that. And um, it is a different DJ every year. So we kind of get a new vibe. And uh, we have new food trucks that are joined our community. Awesome. So we we'll get to really sample them. And vendors are always changing. So and the products that they bring that they get creative with, <laughs> we ask that they be beer related somehow. So whether <laughs> it is beer scented candles or dog treats that are <laughs> kind of beer flavored for you know for our pups which i'm sure i will be grabbing some for my two that are running <laughs> around next to me here but so there are really just great people who attend to helpful like really fill out this event experience for everyone oh that's awesome it's very cool well Ayo, so any for people who want to have you know the best tap that experience or for maybe for people it's their first time you know what any, any recommendations for folks to have that they're really the, their best experience 
Well, to have the best experience, I want you to be able to experience for the full time. So I always say, drink that water. Um, <laughs> I will be the mom who will be handing you water if I look think <laughs> that you need it. But definitely, because we all know the effects of beer, we want to have stay <laughs> hydrated, especially in the heat. Um, so you can really stay out there for the full four hours and not get sick. And also, you know, go grab something to eat. Fill your <laughs> belly, cook some of that up and just take your time. You know, you don't have to slam them because they will be there for you. Um, But really, to make the best of it, besides that, it's just to enjoy yourselves. We have people who come in in really fun outfits, in pretzel (laughs) necklaces, in themed group outfits, and they make this experience so much fun because people just, they bring the joy with them. So that's what we're really excited to see downtown. And um, as the sun goes down and the Capitol gets lit up and people are really enjoying themselves, that's it's really cool to check. So everybody should go and check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the costumes make it. Yeah. That's what's so it's so fun. It's to see the themes that people come up with and how creative people get every year. Yeah, I always like to see how many like bachelorette parties we have because that right. is a thing. Um, I think last year we had a couple of ducks walking around. I don't yeah. know, but it's, it's so fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, you know, for folks, we've been talking about tickets and all that. So uh, where can people uh, buy their tickets? They can go to tapthattopeka.com and that'll provide you with additional information and a link to buy your tickets. Awesome. Very cool. We should remind folks again, there are a limited number of those VIP tickets, so make sure to get them before they are gone. Uh, so, Stephanie, as we finish up, yo, what's your what's your favorite part you think about Tap That? My favorite part, I think, kind of like what I mentioned before, when the sun starts going down and the Capitol gets lit up and the party is really going, everybody is through the gate, you know, we're kind of done checking people in and everybody is just enjoying it. It is, it's a vibe. And it's just so fun. Um, so that is kind of after the planning chaos has subsided. Right. Our cleanup has started. So <laughs> that's when I really get to like kind of stall and enjoy it, the view and, you know, see what's been done. So that's my favorite part. But everybody should go and then let us know what their favorite part is. Absolutely. Well, yeah, as a reminder, folks, that event is coming up on June 11th. Uh, so those tickets are on sale right now at tapthattopeka.com. You know, we talked about our last episode, there's going to be German Fest weekend before, and then this is your next excuse to drink uh, on the weekend in Topeka on June 11th. So make sure to go online, check out those tickets. If you can, swing for a VIP experience because it's definitely, uh, definitely worth it. I can attest to that. It's a pretty awesome deal. So, Stephanie, thanks for, for hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. For folks out there listening, go ahead and stay tuned. After the break, we'll be back with our beer flight of the night. So stick around. You're listening to Ballads and Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio. Seven eight five magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now, and we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at seven eight five live.com and thanks for tuning in. Alrighty, everyone. Well, we are back with our beer flight of the night, and it was another busy week for state and local government, so we're just going to jump right into things. Uh, first up, you guessed it, we've got the city manager IPA. Uh, last week was the next step in our process for hiring a new city manager. The council actually got to meet face-to-face with a contractor that they gave their final rose to in order to conduct the city manager search, um, that being Kansas Personnel Services, aka Key Staffing and Premier Employment, uh, which is a local firm right here in town 
Ayana is going to be conducting the city manager search. Uh, so they got to meet with the council last week to get their thoughts on next steps in the process. Uh, the conversation Tuesday night was all about input. Who gets to have it and when? Uh, the council agreed it would be good for KPS to talk with all the city department heads uh, to get their thoughts on what to look for in a city manager, since after all, it will be that person will be their next boss. Uh, the next big topic of conversation was when to let all of us in the big wide general public uh, give our input on the selection. Uh, Councilman Brett Kell and Councilman Karen Hiller were strong proponents of giving the public a chance to provide input as early in this process as possible. Um, this actually brought an interesting comment from the mayor as the council discussed uh, public comment. The, the mayor actually noted that often the city council gets sort of these form emails or form letters that groups have generated and, and get sent out to the council all at once, um, and he actually commented, commented that those weren't as effective to him as other ways, or more personal ways of reaching out. So just something to, to know and kind of put away for the future uh, when you're reaching out to the mayor or other city council members, uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, after discussing it for a while, the highly sophisticated solution our council came up with was a special email address. Uh, yes, the council will be creating a public portal, essentially, um, that anyone will be able to go to in order to submit your feedback on what qualities you feel the next city manager should have. Uh, so you can look for that portal to be live here pretty soon. And so, of course, we will uh, be sure to share the information once it is live. Uh, we should note the goal is to get the city manager job posted around the 1st of May. Uh, so coming up here pretty pretty quick, if you didn't notice, April is flying by. Uh, so in just a few weeks, uh, that position should be live um, for anyone in the whole wide world to start applying for it. So KPS is working on a pretty tight turnaround to get that job position finalized um, and up so that folks can start applying. Uh, let's see, our next beer on the flight today is the Mill Levy Lager. Now, before we get going too far, I'm going to answer the question that at least half of you right now are wondering and have wondered for a long time, um, but might have been too afraid to ask. What the hell is a mill levy? Uh, for those of you who did have the benefit of the mind-blowing moment I did sitting in PO301 Public Budgeting at Washburn University, allow me to explain. Uh, the mill levy is simply the tax rate that is applied to the assessed property, uh, to the assessed value of your property. Why don't they just call it that? I don't know, but there it is. If we if we want to get really nerdy, we could get down into you know, one mill representing $1,000, blah, blah, but we're not going to go there. Just know it represents uh, the tax rate that's applied to the assessed value of your property. Now, as we've discussed before, and many of you are painfully aware of, home valuations in Shawnee County have jumped through the roof uh, for many folks, officially about 13.5% on average. If the city's mill levy is kept the same, but it's being against a higher valuation, then you do the math here, you're looking at quite a hike in your property taxes. So, the deputy mayor, Spencer Duncan, has an idea about that. He proposed a resolution last Tuesday night that calls on the city council, as well as other taxing authorities in the city. Did you know there are seven of those, actually? Everything from Washburn University to Topeka Metro to the library, but I digress. Uh, this resolution calls on all those taxing authorities to consider lowering their mill levy to provide some relief to constituents suffering from high property valuations. Now, importantly, this is a resolution, so it doesn't obligate the city to do anything. It's essentially a statement saying, hey, this would be a really great idea. Nonetheless, it can make a statement. It was up for a non-action item last week, so the council had some discussion about it. Overall, there wasn't really widespread opposition to the idea, lest we forget these are all politicians, so no one on principle is going to oppose the idea of lowering taxes. But there were folks that had some questions. 
Uh, Councilwoman Valdivia Alcala noted she was a little cautious about uh, not wanting to give people false hope um, in passing this resolution, uh, while also throwing down a little bit with county government. Uh, she noted that the, really the county is the one who bears a lot of the responsibility for potentially uh, the potentially high tax burden that people face, because after all, it was their property valuations that that uh, that went up and. Can I just say that I am okay with that kind of intergovernmental shade? Uh, Councilman Dobler agreed that it's, we at least need to have uh, this conversation, as did the mayor. There are a lot of comments on, you know, regardless if we pass this resolution or not, this still needs to at least be a conversation. Uh, Councilman Emerson loved the idea. Um, in particular, he noted, I'm quoting here, we're asking the same relatively few people to pay an ever-increasing share of this, and something has to give. Uh, Emerson also cited the rate of inflation, which is about 8%, 7.5-8% right now, um, and said that government should not grow faster than that rate. And as we just mentioned, property valuations came in on average around 13.5% higher this year. Uh, so this will be an interesting debate to watch happen at tomorrow night's city council meeting. It should be noted we haven't actually raised our mill levy at the city level in about 10 years. Uh, the county just raised theirs last year for the first time in eight years um, out of really what they felt was the necessity to do so. Uh, so we're usually pretty tight-fisted when it comes to, to our mill levy already. So all the more reason to tune in and see where the conversations go. Uh, next up on our beer flight, we have the Can You Hear Me Now Stout. Uh, this being in reference to a planned AT&T cell tower that has West Topeka all abuzz. Uh, this is a classic not-in-my-backyard issue that the county commission actually sees a fair amount of. Remember, when we're talking about the county, we're talking about residents with lots of land, and so a lot of times the county commission are hearing from folks who are upset that something is happening to land that they own, and this is a ex perfect example. So the backstory here, AT&T, everyone's favorite telecom company, has decided that they want to boost their service in Topeka which I'm sure is all because of people like me who don't get service in the produce aisle of Hy-Vee unless I lean at a particular angle and hold a can of tomatoes, despite the fact that I do get service in the parking lot of Hy-Vee. Anyway, that's more of a personal problem. Uh, so AT&T has proposed building a 130-foot communications tower in the area of basically 21st and Kings Row. So right before you get to the KC's, that's out there at 21st and Urish. Uh, the purpose of the tower being to boost 5G service and help expand broadband access, uh, boosting communications uh, services, uh, emergency communication services, etc. Sounds all good and well, right? Well, not to the residents of Mission Township, whose property uh, would be impacted by the construction of the tower. Uh, that's right. Fun fact, the property that lies just past 21st in Yurish is actually not city property at all. It all belongs to the bustling metropolis of Mission Township, which actually occupies a good chunk of the county land west, of, west and south of 21st in Wanamaker. Uh, some of the good folks of Mission Township have concerns about what the tower will do to their property values um, and, quite frankly, the views that they enjoyed out of their homes. Uh, a lot of folks cited the fact that right now they can step out of their homes and get a really good view of the land and the forests and trees that are out there, um, and not so much after this tower gets uh, gets put up. Uh, there is at least one person who definitely read a conspiracy theory webpage about 5G giving people cancer, but we're going to leave that one alone. Uh, the county commission met with representatives from AT&T who assured commissioners that they had looked at every possible alternative, even looking at putting the thing on top of the Westridge Mall which apparently wouldn't work since the mall was 100 feet shorter than the elevation they needed to install the tower. 
Y'all, I learned so much during this discussion about towers. Uh, after delaying the issue at an earlier meeting, the item was finally back on the county commission's agenda last week, and the commissioners, rather reluctantly, voted to authorize the construction, essentially saying their hands were tied by state and federal law. Um, in addition to being able to nerd out more than we ever thought we could at cell phone towers, uh, this issue actually shows how state, federal, and local law all intersect, and more often than not, often tie the hands of local government to act. Um, in this case, the law does allow, does say that there are certain things that local governments can consider when it comes to installation of these kinds of communication towers, um, but location is not necessarily one of them. So, you can watch the Western Horizon over the next few months as we'll be adding a new piece of hardware, and then maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to download my tweets a little faster. And last but certainly not least, we have the Sanctuary City Sour. Uh, we chose the Sour for this issue because that reflects the mood from a lot of progressive activists in the state towards Governor Kelly right now after she signed into law a bill designed by Republicans in the legislature to go after so-called sanctuary cities. So what's this bill all about? Well, it's really aimed at our friends in Wyandotte County. As the Kansas Reflector reports, over the last several years, there have been a host of talks in Wyandotte County about some way for those without citizenship status in the county, which includes Kansas City, Kansas, um, looking at a way for those folks without citizenship status but who are working uh, to have some kind of protected status so that they can continue working and contributing to their community. So the Wyandotte County Unified Government passed a measure called the Safe and Welcoming City Act, which essentially allowed all undocumented immigrants in the city to have access to city identification cards under certain circumstances. The law also affirmed the practice of local law enforcement agencies uh, who choose not to partake in federal immigration raids. Uh, this issue caught the attention of many conservatives in the state and prompted Attorney General and Republican gubernatorial candidate Derek Schmidt to introduce HB 2717, a bill that outlaws the issuance of any city IDs to undocumented individuals, as well as veterans, the elderly, or people with disabilities. In the Attorney General's view, uh, this action that Wyandotte County and Kansas City, Kansas took uh, opened them up to being a, quote, sanctuary for illegal immigrants, and he was having none of that. Uh, the bill passed the House and Senate by veto-proof majorities by the time it made it to the governor's desk. Uh, so perhaps facing the inevitability of a veto override, plus a slew of, quote, soft on immigration campaign ads that she knew were probably waiting in the queue if she vetoed it, the governor decided to sign the bill into law while also putting out a statement decrying both Republicans and Democrats for a broken immigration system at the federal level and for not addressing the immigration issue for years, which is kind of true. Uh, this explanation, of course, would do nothing to silence the cries of progressive activists in the state who took the governor's actions as a sign of betrayal and one that will be remembered. And thus, you have the latest episode of why it's hard to be a Democrat statewide official in Kansas. You can try to hold your nose and vote for legislation that you think may win you some common ground with Republicans, but risk the ire of your own party, or just say, screw it and veto it, and get buried under advertising, calling you a Marxist socialist who wants to turn Kansas into a barren hellscape, or whatever it is Republicans think happens when you let undocumented immigrants work. Uh, what this will mean for the governor's chances in November, who knows? It is still a long time uh, between now and then, and quite literally anything can and probably will happen. Um, so we will see what kind of long-term damage uh, this does to her chances. 
So that, folks, is our beer fight for tonight. Stay tuned. After this break, we are going to be back with our conversation with City Councilwoman Hannah Nager. You do not want to miss out on a really fun uh, conversation ahead. So stay tuned. You are listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSF 785 Live Radio. Alrighty, everyone. Well, we are back, and our special guest for tonight is the youngest member of the Topeka City Council, representing District 6, which includes Washburn University and parts of Central Topeka. We are so glad to be joined by Councilwoman Hannah Nager uh, tonight. Hannah, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for having me, Angel. Hey, absolutely. So, you know, the last time we talked, it's uh, it's been a little while. You just started mm-hmm. your term, uh, and a lot's happened in the last couple of years. <laughs> so, you know, just starting off uh, with an easy question, you know, what's been your, your favorite part uh, of being on the city council, and what's been your the hardest part, you think? I'm going to start off with the hardest part, just so we can get that out of the there way. There you go. <laughs> um, but probably, you know, there was something that happened on March 15th, you guys might all be aware of, of 2020, halfway through our third month of being on city council in that 2020 session, COVID really hit. And I remember at one of the last meetings of February or one of the first meetings of March saying during our announcements, each council person gets to do a short little announcement of what's going on in their area or shed light on something that they think is going to be important and I said as the resident health care professional on the council you know wash your hands cover your mouth when you cough we will be okay and then flash forward a month and we're doing things over zoom for the first time and having to suspend our um, governing rules and that was just the beginning of it we were trying to figure out how do we need to budget differently? Do we need to restructure how city government actually works? Because we don't know what's going to be coming in as far as tax revenues and what sort of aid will we be able to provide? What do we need to provide? And then that turned into some really serious conversations, not only about what our role is as a city government, but what is our role in different departments of our city hall what is the role of our fire department going out and helping people during a pandemic what is with the murder of george floyd Mm -hmm. what is the role of our police department in our community and how do we empower the citizens how do we empower the officers to work together to create a safer um, place for all of us what do we do as far as creating aid for utility bills? And this was all coming together right as council members Valdivia, Alcala, Duncan, and I were in our first term and <laughs> Dobler was just a few months ahead of us. And so it was a really hectic time, but the silver lining was we got to get into a lot more meaty discussions and work on some really big picture ideas where in the first year of governance, it would have been something that I would have needed. I would have thought I would have needed a couple years of experience to get the verve or the gumption to go ahead and tackle some of these issues. And here they are, people are demanding we talk about them. And so I, 
if there was any silver lining that I could take from COVID hitting when it did, it was that, I mean, every city council person hits the ground running. We hit it like barrel and And so I am very, I'm, I feel very fortunate that the governing body that was there when COVID kicked in was there. Everybody came together, we worked together, we didn't always agree, but we compromised and we took in those different different points of view. And during a year, well, a couple of years where it's been so divisive, I feel that I've always been able to talk with the other city council members and figure out where they're coming from and see how that works for what I'm, where I'm coming from and where my constituents are coming from to create a solution for us as a whole. Um, my favorite part <laughs> though of city council was at the end of my first year in December, 2020, we passed the updated non-discrimination ordinance mm-hmm. to include gener- um, protections of people with different veteran statuses and based on sexual orientation, gender identification, and genetic material. And this is looking towards the future. It was very informative for some people to realize, especially being a younger person coming onto city council, I've grown up in a different world than some of my colleagues. Sure. And so talking to them about, okay, so sexual orientation is different than sex, than gender identity, <laughs> clearing that sort of stuff up. And then also taking a chance to look at the future and say, hey, it's really fun to learn about your um, ancestors through something like 23andMe, but this can really be weaponized against people mm. in situations of housing or employment. And we wanna make sure that we are looking towards the future to go ahead and protect people. And that was something that the Human Relations Commission had been working on since about 2018. And William Nager, who also happens to be my brother, (laughs) had been working on that with different organizations that have have a vast working history, making sure that we're updating these sorts of protections, making sure that they're really encompassing what we want them to encompass instead of just crossing our fingers and hoping that the language from 1992 still stands. <laughs> and he worked with the city attorney, Lisa Robertson at the time, and they worked on some, they came up with something that was absolutely wonderful and very clear cut, very simple, but needed to be done. And in my first year of service on the city council, I was able to sponsor, represent, and get pa- get this updated ordinance passed. And that I have found was such a bigger accomplishment <laughs> than I thought it was even at the time, because it is, it is really hard to get all of that up and running. Sure. People get really excited about changing things in the city charger, whether it's a resolution or an ordinance. And we, there's other things that we can talk about besides just <laughs> all of the Um, really particular terminology, but it takes a long time to get from that idea to something passing. And so that it was really, really cool to be able to do that. So. Absolutely. So still, you know, still lots of good stuff in the midst of of all the craziness too, which is awesome. 
That's very cool. Well, you know, it's it's funny you talk about uh, washing hands. I remember telling people too that week that I'm like, you guys just use yeah. extra hand sanitizer and we'll be fine. It's gonna mm-hmm. be fine. And then I was so wrong. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah. It turns out we <laughs> Um, epidemiologist it's right. crazy right <laughs> but it's funny you talk about and I, I always feel I think I told Spencer Duncan this when he was on too I was like I feel like a lot of other governing bodies could learn from uh, Topeka City Council over the last couple of years because you know we you, you all did get a lot done and and yeah yo, you're right that everyone always did agree on things but there's still really good conversation and civil conversation that happened and I, yes. I think that's why city government is my favorite level of government because it's still it's still functional it's still productive in that way yes Yes. And it's so easy to get off the rails. And so <laughs> I, I really appreciated that about my colleagues the past few years. Absolutely. Well, and you know, you touched on this a little bit too, but you know, as the, the resident millennial or younger person on the, the city yeah. council, what, how's, uh, what's that role been, been like in interacting? There's really kind of every generation, I guess, represented mm-hmm. uh, on the city council. So what's that been like? It has been, for the most part, really helpful. And I think it also, just my physical presence has been a reminder to people that, you know, we're serving a lot of different types of citizens in Topeka. There are going to be the people who have the time and the luxury to come to city council meetings and speak in public comment, but that being available at kind of a flexible time at 7.30 to 9.30 <laughs> on a Tuesday evening isn't available for everybody. So it has been incredibly important that you see that representation on the city council itself, that we have people of different ethnicities, different social backgrounds, different economic backgrounds, different education backgrounds, and different age groups, because otherwise we become so focused on, well, I know that this is an issue for me. It seems like a huge issue. You don't have that same larger perspective that you really need on the governing body. A lot of times we will have people come up and they are talking about their specific point of view and that is incredibly valuable. However, as the governing body, you do have to step back and take all of that everyone's story into account. Absolutely. And so by having people with of different backgrounds on the city council, it it's a constant reminder for each one of us to really consider how does this affect someone else? How would me proposing that we don't use bicycles in this area affect somebody that Councilman Lesser would represent? What does it mean to go ahead and put a moratorium on utilities billings? Does that change how somebody that council members Ortiz or Emerson would deal with. And it also helps to just kind of put a face on that. Oh, sure. To have that personal connection. Um, I was on the Topeka Performing Arts Center board whenever I first got to town from finishing up with my doctorate in dentistry. And as I began to practice, I wanted to get involved. TPAC had an opening and I was excited to get started there. And they, we were talking about why don't more millennials come to TPAC? Mm. This was back in 2018. Yeah. So the board has changed, and I don't remember who said <laughs> this, but it really lit a fire under me because I said, 
you know, I don't see Paw Patrol as being something I'm going to sign up for. I don't have kids. I'm right. single. I don't have kids. And I also don't really want to see a Beatles cover band. There's just not anything that I really want to see. I would sure. love to see something that I am actually invested in. And two, it felt like two seconds, <laughs> but there was a little silence. And then another board member looking at the chair of the board, um, not at me, said, I don't even know why we're trying to appease these millennials. They don't come to anything we put on anyway. <laughs> and I seriously was like, am I a ghost? Right. Like, what is happening? And my being on city council has not felt that way. We all respect each other way too much <laughs> to let that happen. And again, there's going to be spirited debate. There's going to be disagreements. But when it comes down to it, every person who is up there is a person. And no one understands all of the crud we go through with some of our constituents <laughs> better than the other nine governing body members up there. And so I, we have been just extremely fortunate in that we, it's always been so supportive and we've always been able to listen to each other and we've always been able to really value that, yeah, you're coming from a different place than I am. And I I need to hear what you have to say. Yeah. It's now my turn to talk and yeah, <laughs> it works. Sometimes it works better than other things, usually <laughs> at the end of a long meeting. So yeah, Absolutely. but it's been really, really good. Very cool. Well, yeah, you mentioned there's, of course, no shortage uh, of issues that are before uh, the city council right now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on just a few of those. Uh, yeah. You know, the of course, right now, the city is in the midst uh, of looking for a new city manager. And so that, that process mm -hmm. is, is moving right along. So, you know, as you think about that position, you know, what do you what do you think is important uh, in terms of, of traits or qualities that that person should have? Um, and then how do you think the public uh, can or should be involved uh, in this process? Mm hmm. I think the public needs to be reflected through this new person, just like governing body members re reflect the people that they represent. We want to make sure that this city manager, while they can't be everything at once, mm -hmm. understands that we are a mosaic and not just a monolith. That whenever you serve Topekans, you need to be able to meet everybody where they are as much as possible to kind of put yourself in their shoes, have that empathy and really understand what's happening at the heart of issues Sure. in order to go ahead and manage the city. The last thing that we need at this point is somebody to just come in with their own dogma and say, this is how it needs to go. Sure. Because this is how you do things. <laughs> and something that we've talked about as a governing body and that I've talked to people one-on-one -on -one with is that we really want to make sure that there is that extra dimension, that empathy, that ability to see people where they are, meet them where they are and solve problems from there, which requires a really special sort of creativity sure. of understanding, okay, these are the tools that I have as the city manager but this is how we can go ahead and build a solution rather than saying, you don't fit into this box. I don't know how I can help you. Sure. And to find that sort of X factor is incredibly hard, which is why we went ahead and partnered with a local firm 
to make sure that we are finding somebody who is really filling out those soft skills rather than just showing up with the right resume or has been somebody who has served as a city manager in other cities but is just kind of rotating through sure. trying to figure out what works for them. We want to we want somebody who really works for us. And so making sure that we are as that we are figuring out how to couple the hard skills with the soft skills. Sure. And finding that perfect marriage in that wonderful person who will be our next city manager. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, of course, mm-hmm. there's lots of lots of good stuff uh, going on, too. You know, lots of action yeah. for this person to be a part of. You know, they can oh, really yeah. hit the ground uh, running. You know, it, it is interesting to hear the, the discussion that you all have had about this person. You know, maybe this person isn't that that typical kind of city bureaucrat that you see in a lot of mm-hmm. those roles. Maybe it is someone that comes from business or the nonprofit world or has what, a more uh, a more unique background than you would typically expect in a city yes. manager. Yeah, and I think that especially we've been in the weak mayor, city manager form of government for a while now, and we know more now about who we want to empower, who we want to lead us in that way. And so learning from past experiences will be very, very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, of course, uh, the, the other, uh, just a, a lighter uh, topic that you'll be taking mm-hmm. on, of course, is the city budget uh, coming up here. <laughs> exactly. as you're coming into that season right now. And of mm-hmm. course, last week, you all were uh, starting talks on a resolution that I know that Deputy Mayor introduced uh, that called, uh, of course, just a resolution. So, so non-binding, but it calls mm-hmm. on the city council and other taxing authorities in the community to uh, consider lowering their mill levy this year in light of rising property values. Yeah. So what were your uh, what are some of your thoughts uh, on that resolution and how you'd like to move forward? So there's plenty of talking to still happen. There's plenty <laughs> of discussion to still happen. Um, for someone who does own a home at this point, I know that there are huge prohibitive blocks that are keeping people from owning property in really across the nation. Sure. And if there is something we can do in our community to make that more accessible to more people, that is a wonderful first step to make sure that we are raising people out of poverty, that we are giving millennials and now Gen Z the chance to go ahead and really invest in their future, build something bigger, build something better. And also just people, keep people connected to our community in a very physical way, I think that's a great place to start to make sure that we are, not only are we making it affordable for people to be here, but we're being responsible, we're showing that we're being responsible with those funds. It is not probably, I was not the person to introduce this resolution. (laughs) So, yeah, that's usually I would have probably looked at this in a different way and say, you know, we have these funds. Let's go ahead. Luckily, we were able to manage things very, very well under the direction of our finance director and city manager at the time to really navigate through COVID um, in a very fiscally responsible manner. So why don't we just really use that to our full advantage and fund some different projects yeah to go in this direction too as a constituent 
that makes a lot of sense to me. And so, I mean, this is one of those perfect examples of we are coming from different backgrounds and we have different skill sets on the city council. I'm so glad we do because if it was run by nine hand Nagers and (laughs) mayor Nager, we would not have the different opportunities that we end up yielding because we're all very different and we are approaching this in different ways. And so as we talk about this, I am, I've become more encouraged by the fact that, yeah, people are taking different stances on things and allowing me to learn about where they're coming from. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and at least the, the conversation is happening as, a, as I think several yes. people said last week, it's, it's regardless of, of how you go, it's yeah. good to have the conversation uh, exactly. at least too. And I think it's really good to, for constituents to see that happen in front of them too, because that is something that you hear on the campaign trail. They're sure. like, well, why is this this way? Right. This is the perfect opportunity. No matter what we do, there will be discussion. There will be in an open forum. And so constituents, whether they watch live or they watch on YouTube later, they can see this play out in front of them and they have the opportunity to get in touch with their representatives to go ahead and come to different meetings and speak and have their opinion heard as well and know that this is an active form of participation in how our city runs. You can be a part of it. You can have a real impact on how your governing body, how the people you elected are looking at these issues and how we choose to deal with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, speaking of, of, of people getting involved in, in their community and whatnot, you know, we mentioned above your district includes Washburn University. And so mm-hmm. the, the topic of, of uh, you know, how we uh, how we retain some of those bright students that graduate mm-hmm. from uh, Washburn is always important to us. So, yeah, you know, what are some of those things that you think the city is is doing well in that regard? And what are what are some uh, some additional things that you think we could be doing to really retain Washburn students and young professionals in general in the mm-hmm. community? So as far as the city is concerned, we have a very clear set of priorities and duties to the constituents. We take care of infrastructure. So we look at uh, making sure that you're getting your water to and from your house. We are all about streets, sidewalks, and other mixed use paths, making sure that people can bike and scooter around town. Um, and yes, it depends on the city council person you talk to if they really want to talk about scootering. But <laughs> who, not knew, our issue who knew that scootering time? was the big the hot topic oh of the of the gosh, decade? Who knew <laughs> the surprises that you find out? So right, really talking about the infrastructure of the city. So making sure that you are able to get around our city and get the utilities that you need to and from your house, to and from your apartment. Um, public safety, so talking about the police department and the fire department, making sure that those resources are available to our citizens and that they are really servicing our citizens instead of working against them or underserving them. And that's really, those are in talking about zoning and planning and working with development. Beyond that, is really just creating the space for people to come in, 
and build businesses and build their lives in a way that they want in the way that they want. Sure. And so for us to be able to go ahead and give that good backbone to be responsible to use the funds that we are getting from the mill levy, from sales tax, from our multiple sources, to be, to not overburden taxpayers and to use those funds responsibly to make sure that we aren't getting in the way of development is the best way that we can work as a city. Sure. The people who are really doing a lot to promote what's going on, building really the community, are all of those different organizations out there, (laughs) whether it's where you work, that you're really invested in working at Evergy, or you're really invested in working at PT's Coffee, or letting, and I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Making sure that you are really able to get into that if you are active in a faith community if you are active in a community organization making sure that those those organizations are able to really flourish and overlap with each other and interact seeing things like first fridays through arts connect has has been one of the driving things for me to come back to topeka because i left for college, I left for dental school, but I chose to come back because there were these things, these pockets that you could start to see really, really developing and flourishing. And a lot of this is coming together in organizations like the Greater Partnership, I mean, the Greater Topeka Partnership and pushes like Momentum 2027, which is the continuation of Momentum 2022. Things like that, organizations and um, missions like that are what are pushing our community forward. And that's something that you don't need to be elected to. That is something that you can get involved in no matter who you are. And we always need new ideas to push us forward. We always need to know how these things that already exist can overlap and where we are, where we do have gaps and what we could offer as a city. Sure. And yeah. it's yeah. No, I think that's no, I think that's yeah. I think that's absolutely <laughs> right. And not, I I think you know, that to that point too about having the environment and the infrastructure in place to support those kinds of things that are going to mm-hmm. make it possible for you know the nodos of the world and those types of things mm-hmm. to happen in our community is absolutely right. Uh yeah. so I, I I totally agree. Yeah, because I don't think there's going to be anything that's really like fun and sexy that the city council is going <laughs> right. to put forward and all Washburn alumni are going to be like, oh, my God, they're finally doing it. <laughs> right. But in, in empowering entrepreneurs yeah. and community leaders to really seek out and live out their visions that they have for our community, that's the best way we can really move that dial by supporting what's already here and supporting what could be here as a city government. 
Absolutely. Well, and when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to reaching out to city council members and, and making their, their voice heard, you know, there's a little of this discussion last week um, in talking about the, the city manager uh, search. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when uh, when folks want to reach out to their city council members as as someone who gets reached out to by by just a few people, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, someone who reads a lot of constituent uh, comments and, and emails, that sort of thing, you know, do you have any suggestions for folks on how, you know, what makes the biggest impact when it comes to reaching out to their local elected officials? For me, it is writing a personal email mm. and approaching me as a person because sure. a lot of times we can get that disconnect between the person and the office and you feel like you're just emailing the office sure. and you and it's wonderful whenever people are passionate about um, issues, but whenever we get emails that are like, you guys are doing a terrible job. (laughs) I can't believe that you even got elected. You don't have my vote next time. There's not anything I can really do to help. Sure. There's not really any (laughs) toe hold for me to go ahead and start that conversation. Sure. So the emails that I've gotten the most back and forth on and building relationships is yes, absolutely email me if you have a problem with like a crosswalk or something like that. Um, emailing me is the best. Sure. By the way, to answer your first question. <laughs> but whenever you're approaching that, know that I want to partner with you. There is no, we do not need to be at odds. And that really applies for any city council person. Sure. We ran to help people. And so we, if there is a roadblock whether it is a literal roadblock or something something more figuratively. And you are just having trouble figuring out how to navigate the situation. We are here to help and we want, we legitimately want to know the situation. And so ask your questions, be clear about if you do have frustrations, but know that you are talking to another person on the other side Mm-hmm. That allows us to really be able to engage and to come to a solution rather than just be somebody to scream at. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and something else I would really encourage people, the situations where I've had the most interactions have been when people have actually asked me, how do I get involved? Mm. I mean, you ran, but you were ready to run um the closest thing i can think of to running whenever i decided to run for city council it sounds like how some people decide to have a kid <laughs> uh, though what i've heard is that you're never really ready to be a parent sure. you're never really ready to be um a public official and especially with the students like the washburn students who have reached out to me they're like i just want to get involved how do i do that mm. start by reaching out to local leaders and figuring out how they got involved. I am always happy to, whether it's an email or setting up a time to get coffee, talking about how to take those first steps because I can't do this alone. The city council can't do this alone. Like I was saying earlier, we're just creating the the infrastructure for other people to really build their visions. And so 
if you have an idea, if you have a passion, by reaching out to local leaders, whether they are community leaders through um, community foundations or business leaders or government leaders, you are starting that, uh, that chance to go ahead and build your network, build what you know about Topeka, because there's always so much more than any of us know in our little narrow scope. <laughs> right. And so educating yourself on what's already there and starting to talk with the people who have made those changes will give you such a head start in really moving forward your own passions, your own vision to make sure that we aren't just staying stagnant with what people have already presented, that we continue to move forward and that, yeah, we have more reasons to go ahead and attract different sorts of people to be in our community, to stay in our community and to make our community better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, just one last question uh, as we've been as we get ready to wrap things up. So we've asked a lot of our uh, local elected officials. It's just for fun. Since this is Ballots and Brews. Uh, <laughs> we had to ask if you had to create a cocktail that represented the city of Topeka, what would be in it and what would you call it? So <laughs> whenever I get to cocktails, I usually keep it pretty simple. And sure. so I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I would just <laughs> rip off an old fashioned. But the more I thought about it, the more, I mean, it's ballad and ballots and brews. So I went to my first love, beer, and <laughs> I decided to come up with a flight of the councilwoman. Nice. Um, it's my favorite IP, hoppy IPAs from different <laughs> local breweries. It would be a flight of a uh, hoppy Bassett from Happy Bassett Brewery, Odin's One IPA from Norseman Brewing Company, yeah. Tiger Bite IPA from Blind Tiger, and the Three Sunken Engines IPA from Nice. And um, if you don't like IPAs, I'm so sorry. I did not do anything <laughs> to be helpful. <laughs> but those are always so solid and they are like the standard IPAs at each one of those places and they all do a great job. And so. Absolutely. If people don't like IPAs, they can learn to love IPAs. That's my, <laughs> that, that's my belief. You are so hopeful. So, <laughs> right. so hopeful. I've tried to convince many people of this over time and I've yep. had various success. So yes. Yes. that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Shout out to all of our, our local brewers out there for making some pretty awesome IPAs. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're yeah. at it. Thank you for the service you provide. <laughs> That's great. Absolutely. Well, Hannah, thanks so much for, for hanging out with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. For those folks who stay out there, go ahead and stay tuned. After the break, we'll wrap things up like we always do with our take action moment of the night. You're listening to Bounce and Brews here on KSS 785 Live Radio. All right, folks, well, we are wrapping things up like we always do tonight with our take action moment of the night. So just a few things of note for you as we close things out. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we want you to enjoy this last week of peace and quiet while it lasts because the legislature will come roaring back into town uh, next Monday and they have their work cut out for them. So this is just another reminder to stay on top of things and use those resources. Remember the legislature's YouTube page is your friend, as is the uh, hashtag KSLedge hashtag for staying on top of just how 
quickly things move at the state house as there will likely be lots of action um, in the next week ahead. Um, as we look at this week, uh, note that the Topeka City Council once again has a pretty full agenda on Tuesday night. They will actually be getting an update on the Polk Quincy Viaduct project downtown. We've discussed that project on here a, a few times before, that work that's being undertaken on uh, that project to reshape I-70 through downtown, so you'll want to make sure to check that out. Um, they'll also be voting on that resolution introduced last week by Deputy Mayor Spencer Duncan to consider lowering the mill levy for city residents. Uh, and as last week's uh, meeting revealed, there will certainly be some interesting conversation ahead. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the final vote goes on that measure. Um, there will also be continued discussion on the city's capital improvement budget, that big 10-year budget of large capital projects. Um, again, this discussion really is a great time to learn about some of the city's large-scale infrastructure projects. Uh, so don't forget, tomorrow night, if you're listening to us on Monday, uh, the City Council meets on Tuesday at 6 p.m. The meeting is live-streamed on the city's Facebook page as well as on Channel 4. And of course, you can attend the meeting in person if you wish. And folks, that is it for tonight's show. Just a programming note, we will be doing some traveling this week, so we will not have a new show for you next week, but that just means we will be saving up all kinds of good stuff for our next episode on May 2nd. So mark your calendars for May 2nd uh, for our return. As always, in the meantime, be sure to check us out on social media if you haven't already. On Facebook, we're just Ballots and Brews, and on Twitter as at Ballots Brews. You can also subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review on one of those podcast apps as well. Uh, so until our next show on May 2nd, please, please, please stay safe and healthy. Drink some good beer and we'll see you later uh, here on Balance and Brews on KSAP 785 Live Radio. Jackets, move it to the exits. I hope.